Here at Locked On Flames, we are going to make you an offer that you cannot resist. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today we are joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Nick, how are you doing? I'm very glad we're going to have some fun today. Yes, that is what it is all about. And before we dive into that, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. Today... We are here as used car sales managers to pitch to you the top three players on TSN's trade bait and the three players that have just been stirring the pot with rumors. So you're going to want to tune into that and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts and of course on YouTube as well. That way you never miss a deal here Locked on Flames. What, how are you going to sell me Chris Tanev? How can I um, live with him? You need to get to work every day. Chris Tanev <laughs> yeah. will get you to and from work every day. It's not overly fancy. He's pretty efficient. He's dinged up. He's definitely had a bit of work done. He, he, he still goes from point A to point B. Probably not as smooth as you would like. You might have to change the oil every 4,500 miles as opposed to every 5,000 miles. But he'll get you to put from point A to point B. It's, it's not pretty. It's not fancy. But... It does the job. There, there's nothing really to complain about here. I mean, the miles are a little high would be really the only concern, but this is a pretty reliable player in terms of just in terms of what they can do from a hockey perspective. I feel like Chris Tanev is definitely like number one, like most highly sought after right now. Um, and even if they went into July and uh, let him test the market or whatever. I wish that uh, Craig Conroy didn't kind of lay his cards out um, too early with that first round pick kind of comment, just because I feel like now you don't have much wiggle room or you're forced to give them wiggle room. Yes, for sure, for sure. And the the point about Tanev here and why why I'm comparing him to, you know, like a Camry from like 10 years ago is that this is something everybody is relatively familiar with. They know it's nothing incredible, but it's going to get you where you need to go. And Tanev checks a lot of the boxes that the general managers prioritize this time of year. He's got the size. He's got the experience. He plays a style of hockey that translates pretty well to the postseason when he's made the playoffs. It hasn't been that often in his career, but when he has, he's been relatively effective. He's got something close to, I want to say, a 58% goal share the last two times he made the playoffs, so being the bubble and then two years ago with the Flames. So pretty good defensive results. He's a decent puck mover. He's not an offensive defenseman, but he can handle the puck reasonably well. He's a pretty decent skater, and he's not afraid to play physically. You know, he'll block shots. He'll engage four checkers trying to win loose pucks. It, this is, I, I'm trying to, this is GM catnip. This is all of the boxes you would want to check off as far as trying to sell at the deadline for a defenseman at least. Yeah, like if you went to build a bear, but like, 
build a hockey player. I feel like all of Chris Tanev's traits would be ones that you would select just because, I mean, we've seen how he's played these last three and a half years. It's, it's a good game. And any team that needs, you know, a little help on the penalty kill will certainly uh, see a great boost with Chris Tanev. For sure. And that's another thing we can talk about here is that he's going to come into your team more likely than not and play second pair. He's going to kill penalties that at this time of year, when you're starting to shorten your bench and these coaches get into their own heads as far as who they can trust and who they can trust. This is somebody who's 34 years old, who's got, you know, 40, 50 games of playoff experience, who's coming from an organization where they play a very effort and, um, an effort and intangible style of game where you can't really cheat it, where if they don't show up, they are going to get steamrolled. So they really have to be engaged at all times. And all of this is against the backdrop of, we need to get rid of him. We need to clear some inventory because we need to get some new stuff on the lot. Okay. It's not that we don't think this is a valuable piece or that he's useful. We He's definitely going to be worth what you pay for. We're not asking for the moon here. You know, a second round pick and a mid-level prospect would get this done from everything we understand. It's just a matter of people are being a little slow to the draw. Yeah, and it's it really does feel like we are just going to have to wait until the deadline yeah. with this. I could At be entirely closer. wrong. Yeah. You know, even though we're still, you know, I guess like three weeks out, it's not, it doesn't feel imminent. Like when the Zadorov trade happened, everyone knew like within the day or two of uh, his agent being like, yeah, he, he's out. Um, we knew that was happening. There's none of that here, which I kind of appreciate. No, and I feel... It, it's rough for these players who know they're going to be traded and it's hard to stay engaged when you know you're not in the team's long-term plans and it would be very easy to kind of disassociate on your way out and just worry about getting out of here like we were talking about yesterday i think there's a real argument they shouldn't be playing him over the next two or three weeks because it's not that we don't think he's going to hold up it's just that you know you never know. Exactly. Anything can happen. And this is a guy who doesn't cheat the game. He's going to be blocking shots. He's going to be engaging in physical plays. He's going to be in those scrums and those puck battles. So you are adding risk. You are driving in the snow, if you will, in a car that's not... It's not that it can't drive in the snow. It's that you're unnecessarily driving in the snow. Yeah. And I... Chris Tanev is a physical player. And not in the sense that, like, Jacob Truba, where he's going to fight anything with a heartbeat, but in the sense, like you said, he's going to be in those after whist- after the whistle scrums. He's going to be forcing hits and just making, trying to win those loose pucks. And I, I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's worth the risk, especially where he had the sol- shoulder surgery uh, this past summer. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't like it. No, it's, it's really tough because at this point, everybody knows what the deal is. You know, it, the prices that are out there are out there to try and drive the price down. The only time you hear what people want for something is when they're trying to shame the person who, who said, this is what we want into lowering their offer. 
that's the only reason we know that well if it, they got a first round pick they would have taken it already or we would like a second round pick and a mid-level prospect to make this happen that's out there to try and make the flames look unreasonable there's a real argument this is the best defenseman on the market as of the moment because we still don't know if Hannafin is actually available or not, and we don't know if Jacob Chikrin is available or not. So this is a useful player. He is going to be in in demand. Come get him before someone else does. Yeah. Grab the deal of the day while you can. Um, but coming up next, we are going to talk about a potential rare find on the market and that would be Jacob Markstrom but there are uh, potential complications with this deal and we are going to take a quick break and talk to you about that next but first game time game time is the reason I got to see Mackenzie Weegers hat trick in person so thank you so much game time um you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports concerts comedy and theater events near you with killer last minute deals all in prices view from your seats and their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets i really liked that it was the all-inclusive pricing and i could see exactly where i'd be sitting and what i what i would see from where i'd be sitting and it wasn't just a guesstimate but uh take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app Create an account and use code locked on for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Flames. Uh, make sure you're subscribed because Things change fast around this time of year, and you want to be in the know, so we're a good show for that. Tell me more about Jacob Markstrom and why I should sign on the dotted line. Well, you know, you kind of know what you're buying here. This is a reasonably decent brand, a lot of miles, bit of work, can handle a lot of work, but, you know do you really want to be towing this uphill in the snow in the middle of, you know, strong driving winds? Do you really want to push it? And that's, we talked about this in yesterday's show. We talked about this on yesterday's show, the idea that it's not that he wouldn't, he's not a good player. It's that goaltending is very fickle and that just because it's working right now does not mean it's going to work when, you know, you drive it off the lot. And that's part of the concern, part of why it's very difficult to make a goalie trade happen in, in season, especially. But from a Flames perspective, you've got this season as real evidence of this is a guy who was in a really rough spot last year. He really had a hard time. He was in his own head. He took the offseason. He came back. He was able to refocus. And he's having a really strong season this year. What the other person on the other end of the phone is going to say to you is, well, he was really bad last year and he was really good the year before that. And he's really good this year. If we're getting him for another, you know, two more seasons after this, more likely than not, he's going to be bad next year. So at, there are a lot of little things like that you have to account for in this conversation. And he is a useful player. Jacob Markstrom goes to a good team. 
I think he would be effective. Of course, there's no way to predict that. Goaltending is very fickle, and it's frankly unpredictable. But based on everything you've seen this year, it would have been very easy for him to just say, well, I'm getting paid. The team isn't very good. I'm just showing up to work. Um, That's all it is for me. I'm here to get my check and go home. It'd be very easy for Jacob Markstrom to have done that after how last year went. But the fact he has bounced back, that's an encouraging sign and something teams should value. Absolutely. And we talk about it a lot with skaters, especially Jonathan Huberto, in terms of, you know, acquiring a player that looks really good and that is really good for the team that they played for. But that's that system. You can't always just pluck and drop a player and expect the exact same results. And I think that, I mean, it's fair to say that's the exact same thing with goaltending. You don't know. Even more so. Even more so than regular skaters. You don't know what what team's going to be playing in front of you. I feel like the Flames have been inconsistent enough with their defense and defending sometimes this season that uh, Jacob Markstrom probably couldn't play in front of much worse. But it's possible. I just, I don't know if I were a team, I would take this risk. It's a lot of money for three, two or three more years. And he's, he's older. Yeah. You are taking risk. Anytime you buy something that's used where you are not the first person to own it, you are taking a risk. How much risk tolerance do you have? The Flames are not currently retaining salary on any players, so they have three slots available. If it takes retaining, you know, a fourth of Markstrom's contract for this year and the next two, I think that if that helps you facilitate a trade and you're, you know, buying a second round pick, you know, for that $2 million or whatever you're retaining, that's worth it. That's a good trade off for a team that knows it's going to have to take its lumps because you're going to trade away your starting goalie, your third best defenseman, your fourth best defenseman, and your number one center. You know you're going to take your lumps. So you should be willing to use your cap space to buy more draft picks. That's what teams who are rebuilding, that's what they do. That is good, sound, fundamental business. If you don't have roster players to turn into picks, launder your cap space for picks. You got to do whatever you can to get as many picks as you can especially as a team like Calgary, where it's been hard to incentivize to come here in free agency. So you got to get them in the door when, you know, they're young and don't know any better. Uh, Yeah, that really does sound like a car dealership. Just don't worry about it. Worry about it later. Uh, Do you think that there's a potential co-signer here with a third team retaining salary? Sure. That's always, there are always people who are open for business because the way the landscape set up, Generally speaking, you have, you know, the 15 to 20 teams that are trying to make the playoffs. They're all pretty close to the ceiling. Usually they only have, you know, two, three million dollars each. And then as the season scales out, it gets prorated to the deadline and they usually four to five million on deadline day. And then those last 10 teams, the ones that are stinky, the teams that don't have anything to play for, they come into the season, you know, 10, 15 million dollars of cap where the issue for them is meeting the floor. They're doing things like the Blackhawks are doing where they're paying people basically double what they're worth just to meet the cap floor so they don't have to bring in good players. 
there are plenty of teams that would be willing to eat, you know, 25% of 6 million for a third round pick, a fourth round pick. So sure. I'm sure there's a team out there to try and help facilitate it. That's, that's a thing. People go out of their way to let the other GMs know. I mean, they have that group chat that, that someone wrote that feature about at the end of last season, where if you get fired, you get kicked out of it. Somebody drops in there and does the, the equivalent of the, Hey, you up of, yeah, I, I got cap space. I got plenty of cap space. Just, I'll take a fourth round pick for every million dollars I have to retain. If I have to retain two or three, I would like a second. If it's more than that, I would like a first. It's really, it's really simple to facilitate now. I wonder how many times Peter Shirelli's gotten kicked out of that group chat and then welcomed right back. I think he's been a head GM three or four times. So that's embarrassing. Yes and no. It, 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 when you say yes from a perspective of this guy has really messed up a couple of times, but from his perspective, you know, I respect the bag getter. I think he's got terrible hockey opinions and he's not good at his job, but he keeps getting hired because he knows the right people. You respect the bag getter. Yep. Good for him. I. I guess before we move on is like right now do you truly think that the flames say he waves his no movement clause for new jersey do you see that happening and how do you think it might play out i think it really depends on how the team does over the next few weeks where like if they're you know they keep rattling off three out of fours he might want to stay. You know, they just had their kid last year. They mm-hmm. they're pretty settled. They've been in Calgary a couple seasons now. He owes the Flames nothing. He doesn't have to waive his no move if he doesn't want to. I, I know a lot of people say, well, it's pretty easy to get people to waive their no move. And yeah, there are things you can do to incentivize them to do it. But if he doesn't want to go, he doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. I it, and it depends what motivates you. You know, if you really want that Stanley Cup, yeah, take wave the no move, go somewhere where you have a chance to do that. But if you value the stability, you like where you are, don't worry about it. Stay where you are, keep coming to work, doing a good job like Markstrom is, and you might end up backhandedly hurting the team because they're not going to get as good of a draft pick. But it, it's not lost on everybody how good he's played this year. He has been their best player for most of this season, and you worry about where they would be if they didn't have him playing this well. They would be Terrible. right in the They tank would stink out loud. They would stink mm-hmm. out loud. Yeah, they would. And I just read um, an interview Craig Conroy did talking. He actually used the word rebuild. Yes. And that they're not, they're not tanking and it's never part of their plan. So it's nice to feel validated um, by one of the 32 men holding a very important job in hockey. But coming up next, we are going to wrap up this showcase with Noah Hannafin and what you might be able to expect from him. And uh, if he ever makes up his, makes up his mind uh, and if it comes down to someone forcing his hand or him flipping a coin. But first, let's talk about FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players in teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and hanging out with us as we try to sell you some players and kind of give you that real-life comparison uh, that's tangible rather than just a bunch of hockey words. Yeah, I mean, when you put it into perspective, people can get a better handle on it. always makes it easier. The The comparison I have for Noah Hannafin is, you know, like the 2017 Dodge Charger where, like, those had a moment where they were in the Fast and Furious movies and stupid people spent a lot of money on them and got really bad interest rates, but they looked cool. And in like 2018, 2017, they were really big and like, oh, that's the car for this time period for people who, you know, have like 40 grand to play with. So Noah Hannafin, 27, 18, 2017, 2018, kind of a big deal, you know? And now we're at a point where Dodge doesn't even make that car anymore, which is kind of where Noah Hannafin is as far as the radar goes. It's not that he's not good. It's that, you know, the Flames brought in two defensemen better than him. You know, Rasmus Anderson developed along. He marinated in the system, and he's better. And they brought in Mackenzie Weger, who's better. And I know that the Flames would like to keep Noah Hannafin if it made sense. But as far as the elevator pitch, this is a guy who can be the third defenseman on a Stanley Cup winning team. He can be, you know, your Walmart Ryan McDonough for if we're talking about the Tampa Bay team that one went back to back where he's not better than Hedman and he didn't play the same type of role that Sergachev did. But as the 3D, who's going to be pretty good defensively and has a little bit of offensive upside, he's got he checks a lot of boxes. His underlying numbers are pretty solid. His only real hole, his only really glaring flaw in his game is he does turn the puck over a lot trying to break out of his own zone. But other than that, you know. This isn't going to blow you away, but it's a pretty good analytical profile. He's got, you know, the NCAA hockey. He's got the U.S. National Development Team program sheen on him. And I know he's, you know, like 30 now. He's not 30 now, but he's old now. And that's not really in the front of people's minds. But, you know, there are some GMs who value, you know, playing college hockey, being a first round pick, being in the national development program. That type of stuff does matter to certain organizations. So the pedigree is there. He's got a decent track record at the NHL level. We would like to keep him, but we it doesn't really make sense for us to keep him. So if you want, you can have him. You can probably get Hannafin for a first-round pick and something else. I, what? I don't know. But you, you could probably get Hannafin right now if you called Craig Conroy for a first, a third, and something else. If you had his number yeah. inside a first, a third, and this prospect, you could probably get that deal done within the hour. I think he would be the best defenseman available. Like we talked about before in regards to Tanev where Tanev is the best player that's actively available, but it could be Chikorin. It could be Hannafin. If somebody actually is going to be willing to move them. So mm -hmm. come get him. He will make your team better. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that Noah Hannafin's like a dime a dozen because I feel like that's not giving him enough credit, but I don't necessarily think it would be, that difficult to find someone of equal or better talent that i will slightly push back on but the one thing i'll give you the addendum i'll give you is for what he's going to cost on his next contract 
I don't think he's going to be worth it. So, well, skills-wise, he's a good hockey player. He, he is definitely in the upper echelon. You know, he's in mm-hmm. the 75th, 80th percentile of players in the NHL. He's good. He is actively good. He has one or two holes in his game. It doesn't look like he has the offensive upside that maybe people had thought he might earlier in his career, you know, more towards that Heisken and Fox Quinn Hughes tier when realistically he's more in that like Zach Wierenski tier below those guys where still good. And like an international play, he'll get, he'll be in the conversation as far as maybe making the team, but he's a tier below those guys. Cause he doesn't put up the points. And if you don't put up points, it's hard to, be great return on value for your team. You know, the Fox, McCarr, Hughes, Heiskin, and those guys, they justified making nine, 10 million a year because they're going to put up 70, 80 points. 50 points from a defenseman like Hannafin's going to give you is good, but you, he's probably going to ask you for at least $7 million a year, $8 million a year next summer, and he's he's just not worth that. No, and we know that the Flames offered him uh, seven something, apparently the deal that they had almost come to complete agreement on was uh, very similar to Colorado's Devon Taves. So seven years at seven something to me, that's a lot that feels like you're locking yourself into something that like an eight year uh, car loan with like a 12, 13% interest rate. You don't want that. You don't need it that bad. Wait a little bit and interest rates will come down. It's really a conundrum because Hannafin is objectively a good hockey player. The Flames can afford to keep him. They have made offers, which leads me to believe he is either A, seriously considering it, or trying to drive up his own price so that whenever he goes to another team, he can say, well, Calgary was ready to offer me this. I would like Mm -hmm. at least this. So, you know, I think the from a Flames perspective, from our perspective, what are Noah Hannafin's age 29 through 35 seasons going to be worth for us? Versus what is just his next 20 games going to be worth for the Devils or the Panthers or the Bruins or whoever, you know, for a team that needs to try and improve their defense just a little bit more to get to push one defenseman down their depth chart where their sixth D comes out and everybody moves down a slot. What team needs that enough to justify what this is going to cost them? This is not an exorbitant fee. You know, a first, a third, and a mid-level prospect is not a lot in terms of what you give up at a deadline. It's really not. This is, as far as improving your team, with Lindholm out of the mix and really only Chikrin as the other consideration, this might be the best individual talent that is available at this deadline if he's actually available. And I don't think that's crazy to say. Being that we don't know if Chikrin or, you know, any or, or somebody on a team like that's kind of still in the mix, like maybe Detroit or Nashville that's hanging on the periphery, someone like that. Uh, unless there's somebody out there we're not thinking of or that might be lurking as far as the team not re- re- the team might be ready to give up soon as far as being competitive this year. This is a good hockey player. He will make your team better. He won't cost you the moon. And if you don't like what you get, you just let him walk at the end of the season. You don't have to give him the extension. Yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of, you know, those expiring contracts. I mean, that's another attractiveness 
and maybe potential reason why you would go after this. But I do think that, I mean, realistically, I would love for him to go to the Bruins because Matt Grizzlick would probably just suffer a phantom injury and, oh no, July 1st, he's gone. But I think that he would be of great use there. I think, you know, like you said, Florida, the the Devils absolutely need someone like him. They need anything on the defense. Yeah, no, defensemen will always have value. You will always need guys. You need legitimately, if you want to make a Stanley Cup final, eight defensemen, because at least two are going to get injured over the course of April to June. Two guys are going to miss games at some point over that window. And if you can put Hannafin in your starting six and push your sixth defenseman out, your sixth defenseman just got better, your seventh defenseman got better, your eighth defenseman just got better. There is a real trickle-down effect that bringing in somebody like this who can play on your second pair or in on your first pair in a pinch, that trickle-down effect is very valuable to teams that have legitimate chances to go all the way. And that is our pitch to you, folks. So... Uh... Go into that general manager group chat and make some moves because there there should be something by now. Or someone just called Noah Hannafin and figure out what's going on there. But, Nick, do you have anything to add before we wrap up today's show? It's real progress. The Flames admitted they're rebuilding. Yeah. Stay safe, stay warm, stay dry, stay hydrated, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>